helping the dear future husband, dear future wife. Our goal is to have the right conversation before marriage. My name is Simone R. Johnson, and I am your weekly host. This week, we are being joined by a phenomenal young lady. We call her the, um, what, what what is the title we call you, the the apostle. I, I really want to say the preacher, but um, the, the pastor, the first lady, we got all these titles, but Miss um, Leonitha Francis is going to be chopping it up with me tonight. And we're going to just be talking about some of the amazing things that we all love to talk about, and that's love, marriage, sex, and finance, which are some of the most common things that um, we often face that causes, um, I would say, divorce in marriages. Now, we're both wise and waiting, but I believe this conversation is going to be phenomenal. So, Miss Leonisa Francis, I butchered the apostle part. So you're going to do better introducing yourself to the Dear Future Husband Wife community. So introduce yourself, ma'am. I am the clubhouse, the most holy apostle on clubhouse. <laughs> That's what it is. Um, Hey, Dear Future Husband, Dear Future Wife. And I want to say hello to my future husband. I'm certain he'll listen to this at some point. Um, it's such a pleasure and an honor to be here with you. I love what you're doing with the platform and what Dear Future Husband, Dear Future Wife stands for. These are necessary conversations that we need to have, but also to have them in the kingdom. Absolutely. So there is so much to talk about. So we're really just going to flow. So when it comes to love, now I know that we're both wise and waiting, but when it comes to love, marriage, sex, and finance, there is so much to be said about those four areas. So when you think about, you know, love, marriage, um, sex, and finance, what's your journey been like as a wife in waiting? And I want to talk about more or less love marriage i want to talk more or less about love sex and finance because we have not been married yet it's hard to really dive into that area like we could possibly dive in but for those that are waiting and for your journey um as a wife in waiting what is it about love you know i've often said that love so many people use that name in vain but what's your journey been like on love Love. So many people use your name in vain, which is absolutely yes. true. Um, well, I want to preface this statement by saying I have one of my favorite uncles. Um, all my uncles are my favorite, but one of my favorite uncles, my uncle Junior, always says that in this family we're creating wives and not girlfriends. So I want to preface all my statements by saying that the ideology that I would one day become a wife. Um, and so what what are my takes on love where do i that's the question right like how do i see love um you know love is an interesting thing and for me at my big age i am i'm in my mid-30s and i'm getting away i'm at the place where i'm identifying the difference between love and lust right when Mm. someone comes into the picture making sure that it's not just the sex appeal. It's not just initial attraction, but making sure that love is there. And for me, love is sacrificial. That's good. It, 
myself and love is you know love is considering of other people love a lot of times doesn't make any sense because if we're looking at it through self-serving lenses it's like this isn't good for me but it's good for the person who's receiving love and so I feel like love is absolutely something that is intended to be shared and given away freely without you know promise that it's going to be returned to you in relation that mm. we expect it to be returned to us which is an expectation that we all have but um Christ loved us with you know without any expectation of us loving back it's just it's a it's a sweeter relationship when we love him back and so um at my age now in relationship I look at am I giving love according to the word and is what I'm receiving in the name of love according to um I believe it's first Corinthians 13 with love is patient love is kind suffering and I'm looking at that as am I doing it so it's an introspective thing to make sure I'm giving love but I'm giving the same love that I'm expecting to receive in return Mm, that is so amazing Ooh, that is so phenomenal. And I love that. That is actually my favorite scripture as well. That is a scripture that I often quote um, throughout my relationship. And it's funny because, you know, we often um, quote these different scriptures. Love is patient. And one day someone had me recite the scripture just slower. Love is patient. And they're like, say it again. Love is I was like, oh, okay, love is love is patient. Um, and I love that you you identify too because so often we think that it's love, but it's really lust. Mm-hmm. And people need to I love and lust do not look the same. Love is unconditional. It's you know what, I don't like you today, but I love you, and because I love you. I'm going to continue this journey in this process. So I think love is, is long-term. Love is, you know, lust is, mm, this was not what I signed up for. I'm out by, but love is long-term, especially love it's, it's, it's Absolutely. you know what, I don't, I don't like what I see. I don't, but God is love, especially for those that have a relationship with God. God is love. So um, I would also I would also just add that you know love is it also covers a multitude of sins and so yes the person who had you slow it down when you said it, another thing that I like to do is when I'm doing just a heart check I like to just replace love with my name so instead of love is patient it's Leah is patient mm. Hi. Leah does not envy. Leah does not boast. Leah is not proud. You know, Leah is not rude. When you start to do that, and then it starts to check you like, well, I have been a little rude. I have been mm. self-seeking. And, you know, we have to partner this scripture also with the scripture of, about the fruits of the spirit. And so the fruit of the spirit is long suffering. It's meekness. It's, you know, so we have to partner that too. Um, and we can't say that we have, the the holy spirit and dwelling within us and we're not showing any of these attributes oh man that is so good i never thought to do simone is patient simone is kind so i'm definitely going to take that and add to um you know the things that i do um on a day-to-day basis when i feel like i need to quote that scripture um 
where do you think what what is now people falling out of love um in these relationships in this modern day day and age where people are like we're married but we fell out of love what do you have to say about that because they initially started out in love so what was it that made them fall out of love is that is do you feel like when you really genuinely love someone you can fall out of love speak on that for me that's an interesting question, right? Does someone ever really fall out of love? And I remember hearing that, and I hear it in passing, and it's always interesting for me to get more context into that, you know, because I don't know, we might fall out of Eros love with somebody, but the agape love may still be there. Um, and so Eros is that romantic love that we feel agape love is the love that Christ has for us is unwavering um or you know the filials which is the brotherly love I think we may not fall out of love with people but the nature of it takes on a different form unless you just generally hate somebody and then the other side of that is you have to ask yourself if I fell out of love with them what was I feeling in the first place Mm, that's good because if you genuinely are in love with somebody or love somebody it's kind of hard for them to do anything to deter you from loving them in relationships right a lot of times even if our heart is broken especially as women or for people who love hard even if our heart is broken by the situation we are still loving towards that person we still have love for that person so you don't completely fall out of love with them you just it, it, it's not comfortable at that moment or whatever you know and you know a child a child can do something that the parent doesn't like or in vice versa you know parents there are some children who have not had the kindest of parents to them and those you know you don't fall out of love with them you just uh learn to assign it differently it takes on Absolutely. a different form absolutely oh man that's that's perfect um i never understood what couples meant when they've been together for four years and they're like well we're parting ways because we don't no longer love her and it makes me wonder isn't what were you like you said what was it then because love four years isn't a whole lot of time um you know, we're in 2022, and as we, 2020, we were dealing with a pandemic. So looking back at life, you're thinking, it's been two years already. It's been two years, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been two years. So for you, and now we will, but they break up during the pandemic. Unfortunately, because, of the, because now they saw each other in a way that I don't know busyness prevented them from seeing each other so what what do you have to say on that concerning the fact I absolutely think that a lot of times because like when when we look at life oftentimes recording we're dating um getting to know somebody that's oftentimes fake time we make while in our own lives right like we already have our lives going on so we're figuring out dating around our job around our family obligations around our community obligations and various different associations and things that we're a part of and so the uh, the pandemic 
then you know forced us and it's kind of like when you get married let me backtrack a little bit so while you're dating that happens and when you get married now some things may take a may take uh less of a priority but you're still not seeing your spouse as much or you may not be spending as much time with them because you unless you work together um you're spending eight hours a day at your job because everybody's not work punching a clock you're spending a minimum of eight hours a day working um, some people may work in different offices and leaving spaces. So by the time you come home, you just have that, you know, couple of hours before you go to bed and have to do it all over again. And I think with the pandemic, a lot of us now are spending those eight hours that we would separate from one another to come together. And the adage holds true. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. And when you're not having a moment to be absent from anybody because the world is shut down, we're not supposed to be out in the streets. You have to say, okay, so that one to two hour glimpse or, you know, that four to six hour glimpse that I would see of them during the week while we were dating, you know, those 10, 20 hours that I was spending with them during the week uninterrupted while married prior to the pandemic. You know, I like that person, but this person I got to see every day. Like, I have to hear you scratching your throat. I have to hear you burping and belching. And, you know, it, 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 it was kind of like, I think it was culture shock for a lot of people. Um, and to that, I think, you know, some couples did not have the tools to go back to their vows, did not have the tools to go back to um, what the scripture says about love is patient. Some people just didn't know to be patient, you know, and be like, this too shall pass. Some people was just like, this feels like a prison sentence. And so I feel like if you're generally, if you are genuinely in love with the person, um, you want to spend every waking moment with them and even in those difficult times um one thing that i read years ago many many years ago that was said was if you can hope your soulmate and the person that you choose Mm -hmm. to spend your life with should be the person whose hand you want to hold during the most difficult times of your life like lowering a loved one a parent into the grave if this is not and so that's a litmus test for me if this is not somebody i foresee myself wanting to get through some difficult times because we're not always going to be high on the hog if they're not a person that i can see myself you know getting through difficult times with quite quite naturally they may not be the person for me and so i think that you know the pandemic proved to be a difficult time for a lot of people and that kind of answered it for a lot of people is this somebody that you can matriculate and you know navigate difficult times with because it's all at the end of the day it's a partnership marriage doesn't you know obliviate or obliterate all the issues that you had prior and make things rosy it actually magnifies it and when your spouse it it magnifies it and it holds a mirror up to you that you cannot hide because what we do independently in our own private time once you engage with somebody on a relationship in an intimate level they now get to see those sides of you that you were keeping nice and neatly and put away from everybody else and so they get to ask you you know why don't you brush your teeth at night Mm. why don't you comb your hair in the morning you know they get to ask you some of the things that you can get away with passing along before they get to ask you some things like so wait you don't cook every day so how do you spend your money so wait you know you you pay how much for that because it's a more intimate thing you know um so that's my thoughts on that 
perfectly said and I love that you added I love that you add scripture because um, I know that a lot of our um, community members are part of the young fly and saved so it's nice to have scripture to say hey um, it says in the Bible um, you know we touched on marriage and while we haven't been um, married yet I believe that based on what we see and based on what we're exposed to helps us to have a somewhat of an understanding or an idea of what to expect when we step into marriage. I know that it's not the same, but even for myself being a bridal fashion stylist, you see the the high divorce rate um, in the community. You see it amongst the, the, the people of color and you see it especially in, in, in churches. What what where where are we going wrong with not getting these things right so that we can be as effective as we need to be in our marriages? I know I wasn't going to touch on this, but <laughs> I feel like you got some wisdom that you can definitely drop in this area as well. I think where we're going wrong is trying to trying to avoid the process. I think that. Mm where we're going wrong in a lot of things and that applies to several levels um in the single process we're trying to just be cute and physically appealing and attractive for a relationship to attract a spouse that we're not working on the things internal that aren't so cute and and wonderful and so we're not working on our self-esteem issues we're not working on our childhood traumas we're not working on our trigger points and how to healthily process that how to healthy a healthy way to identify that a healthy way to articulate it and you know we're not working on our boundaries these are things that we can do independently without a relationship and we're rushing that process by saying if I put a nice outfit on it's kind of like putting a bow on it and presenting something to someone and on the on the dating level I think that we're so focused on the wedding notice I said the wedding not the marriage they were so focused on the wedding and getting to the ring and getting to the wedding that we're not enjoying the process of properly building foundation with someone that we're getting to know them we're getting to understand them what are their views on raising children what are, what was their type of upbringing like what is the family that they intend to raise their children in what kind of schooling do you wish to give your children do you want them to stay at home do you want them to be educated in a public school system what kind of home will we have will we pray every morning before we start our days with our children or will we just send them off or whatever are our children going to see are we going to have family bible study with our families these are questions that we need to have what is your spending like you know um how are we going to how are we going to pay bills in this household who's going to save what how often will we vacation these are common questions that we need to at level but the dating process helps us to see that because dating is nothing more than collecting information and it's collecting information informed decision at the point of engagement so when he asks will you be my wife will you marry me you can confidently say yes I don't think the engagement process is when we're supposed to discover you know who we're dating 
Right. We're not supposed to discover that then. I think the dating and the courtship process is when we're supposed to do that. Then at the engagement level, there's still process there because now we're going a, a couple of levels deeper. And I believe that every engaged couple, saved or unsaved, should have premarital counseling. I think it's um it's just wisdom to buy it's wise to insure the house before the burglar comes in and then you have to get insurance afterward, right? You don't put an alarm exactly. in the house after the burglar has broken in. You put the alarm system in so that you can ensure that there's no going to be no breaking, um, entry broken. And so what are you saying, Leah? I'm saying that it's best to get the counseling ahead of time and have that safe net there so that in the event that something comes up, you guys have been kind of prepared on how to deal with it you get you've gotten some sort of tools on how to deal with conflict that may arise and I also believe that perhaps you might want to keep a consistent schedule of marital counseling even after the met even after absolutely absolutely Um, the next thing is in marriage there's processes in that as well and if you haven't discussed during the dating process how fast uh the female would like to have children in comparison to what you young man young sir are expecting to have a like if you're expecting to start a family you know within the first year but he's expecting to start a family three years down the road we need to talk if he's expecting if he's in the middle of a doctoral program when you you're pursuing other educational academics um other cases excuse me educational career goals and things like that or even it's not educational if you're just if you're on a particular career path and you're trying to make partner at your firm in a certain time is that conducive to now introducing children into the mix because you have to understand the stressors that are already brought up relationship and so i think to answer your question um, to bring it back full circle is all a matter of process. I think we're not taking the proper time to have our process at each level of the dating phase. Mm, my goodness, you said a mouthful. Ooh, and I wasn't even going to touch on marriage because I was like, you know what? People often say, um, you know, how can you talk about being a mother when you never give a birth to a child? So um, I was just like, but I felt like there was so much wealth of knowledge based on what we were exposed to that it does give an advantage. It does give us an ability to talk about something even though we have not stepped into it. And before we even tap on sex and finance, I just want to talk about the fact that it is important. I do encourage um, people to maintain, like try to find it in your budget to continue to maintain having a relationship coach having some kind of therapist because a lot of our males internalize and have carried things for years upon years and because they've carried things for so long things are being dispersed at different points in the relationship now we started out and I didn't know that you know two years in or maybe a year in that you're, you're, as a result of your father not being there, that is now showing up in the marriage and it's starting to act, cause some, some complication. Um, another thing that I'm finding common, a lot of us, um, you know, are, are trailblazers, generational curse breakers. And what that is doing is the minute that we pass that, that threshold of marriage, Ooh, because we are the first to do it or we're the, the change that the system needs, 
all all kinds of things starts to happen because mom didn't get married or mom got married and it didn't work or you know there isn't a whole lot of marriages that are successful so when you pass that threshold that's why a lot of people feel like when we're dating it's fine but the minute that I say I do all these things start happening that wasn't happening before have you noticed that have you heard people share that a lot like we were okay and that's why people feel like oh marriage is just a piece of paper and it's not a big deal behind that once people get married they start going through all these problems they weren't going through before yeah i think that goes back to the conversations you have in the dating process and making sure everybody's clear a lot of times because we're so scared of the accountability of the answers that we'll get from asking certain questions we just rather not ask them and so if i don't ask you what your views are on um let's just say if i don't ask you let's just go real because this is 2022 if i don't ask you how do you feel sexuality or the lgbtqia community because it's very real that one day we can have our child come home and say that they identify as homosexual or you know what i'm saying and if i don't have a conversation with you in a dating process we can potentially harm our child when our child comes out wants to tell us that i feel like i was born in the wrong body and we are not on one accord as to how we intend on handling this Mm, and so these so are important good. conversations that we have to have in the dating process and I think so it goes beyond finances um, because that's something you know we know a huge part of the divorce rate and reason is because of finances but if we take finances off the table let's just say because we serve a God who uh, our father owns a cattle on a thousand hill right so we serve a God that's who's always going to provide for us if we take that out of the equation we're tithers our house is taken care of because we're taking care of God's house the other things that the enemy will try to come at us with and will try to attack our relationship will not be financial they're going to be other uh, moral issues they're going to be other spiritual issues and if I'm a prayer and you're the type that's like I don't believe it takes all of that you know what I'm saying we got to go fundamentals if you if you were if one is more spiritual than the other and by saying like you know I could be I was raised Pentecostal holiness and if I decide that I'm going to be entangled with a gentleman who was raised United Methodist we have two different ideologies on how we approach prayer and with fervency perhaps and and so if I'm here you know pulling down strongholds and I'm in warfare and I know that I have a calling to deliverance and to warfare but my husband does not understand that number one and number two he doesn't support it that's going to put a strain on our marriage Mm. in that And so these are conversations we have to have. There was once upon a time, I was dating a lawyer, very handsome gentleman. And my big sister says to me, she said, because I was having dreams about situations concerning him and I'll be able to share things with him. And he was, he was, he knew God, right? Let's just say that he knew God. I ain't going to say whether he was saved or not. Let's just say he knew God. But I asked him (laughs) how to clap on the two and the four and he didn't know what I was talking about. So I'm pretty sure that he claps on the one and the three. (laughs) but anyway um you know he says to me he said so I was having these dreams and I'm telling my big sis I'm like I'm having these dreams and I see this prophetically and I see this happening and I share it with him and he looks at me like I have eight heads because he's shocked it's not that he didn't believe me he was just shocked and I said to and she says to me 
but have you told him who you are spiritually? And I was like, no, because I don't want to freak him out. You have to begin to tell these gentlemen that you're dating who you are spiritually. You have to get comfortable with that because if you want a future with them, this is going to be a part of their life. And so I would say to anyone listening, male or female, we have to get to a place where, again, in the single process, we not only identify our traumas and our triggers and our boundaries and where we need therapy and help at, but we also need to identify who we are in Christ so that we're able to share that with the person that we're dating. If we intend to have a long-lasting marriage and if we intend to have a family structure that is built on something other than how we feel today, Wow, y'all, this is some good stuff, y'all. Because I love that you. I'm sorry, but the truth of the matter is, the other thing is, there's gonna come a time where sickness may hit one of us and I'm not just talking about the common cold or, or asthma or something but it may be a long term sickness perhaps kidney disease or failure, um, cancer or anything of that nature could hit us and that would affect our ability to, um, sup- to be physical with each other right if you're just here for the sex if you're marrying so that you don't have to burn what if God sends you a husband that y'all everything is good for the first two years but then sickness plagues one of your bodies and you can't perform sexually or there's no desire, no appetite for that. How then are you still um, a help me to this person? Because a help me goes either way. Mm. Are you still wow. able to pray and suit up? Are you still able to love them still? Are you still able to honor your vows and forsake all others? Oh my God, this has been so good. Um, who I wanted to touch at time is going by so fast, and I'm just like, okay, definitely want to touch in the other two areas. Um, however, you touched on something that is so amazing, and you touched on earlier, you know, what do you do? And here's the thing can I be honest? I feel like no matter how much you talk about things in, in your marriage there still comes a point that you're like, we didn't talk about this. Like we didn't talk about this particular area because you can talk for hours and hours and hours and still like, oh my God, we didn't talk about this or we didn't talk about that. So I feel like sometimes if if God wants to allow something to happen in a relationship, it will be that one thing that somehow you missed that you didn't talk about that God is like, that's that one area that I have come up that it's not that you slipped it, it's just you talk about so many different things that sometimes you would think you talked about it and you didn't. So I feel like you can try to cover all the bases. And I know for myself, it's like, you know, you want to do it so right that you're trying to cover everything. And in trying to cover everything, sometimes you can still miss something because, you know, you want to get it right. Especially when you didn't see marriages in your family, you want to get it right, you want to fix it. But I want to tap into this because time is going so quickly and you are dropping so much gems and this conversation is so phenomenal. We want to talk about the S word. Somebody said sex. (laughs) Somebody said sex. Where? 
let's talk about sex. Oh my God, there are some of us that's not having any, some of us that's not having none. I ain't not had enough. And I some of us very long yeah. time. <laughs> right, right. You know, this is some of us out here waiting patiently. So what I like I'm waiting patiently, but I'm waiting. <laughs> what what is this what what is it about sex, first of all? Let's talk about the hard part. What is it about sex that makes the saints cringe when it comes to the topic of sex? Um, you know, that has been growing up in Pentecostal holiness. I've always wondered why it made the saints cringe because they was having it, they were doing it. And so I was just un- trying to understand why is it so bad to talk about that you're doing it. And I think because it's one of those things that if not regulated or talked about in proper context, people can take it and become gluttonous with it and take it out of context. Case in point, it's hard, you know, a lot of marriage, you're supposed to have it while you're married. Absolutely. The marriage bed is undefiled and it's blessed too. And so as a married person, if a married person is sharing with a whole bunch of singles and you're, you know, you happen to be the head of a youth ministry or, or a singles ministry and you're talking about, you know, boy we had a time last night type of thing you have to you have to be able to share it in a light and in a context with wisdom enough for people to understand this is something to aspire to not to practice now you know what i'm saying and i think the taboo of it when people shy away from that conversation it may that much more inquisitive about it and so we take matters into our own hands and do it ourselves outside of the context of covenant for which it was created mm, that's good all right let's talk about the fun things about sex because we know the things don't like to talk about sex so let's talk about um, the fun thing sex, girl you, you burn calories if I could go back, as I tell all my mentees, if I could go back to my virginity, I would choose to hold it. I absolutely would. Because it would have saved me a ton of heartbreak. But since I since I didn't, um, and since, you know, that wasn't my lot in life, I, I wasn't one of the millions that made it. But... <laughs> you know the winding single song millions didn't make it but I was one of the ones who did I didn't make it I was one of them I was part of millions so the millions billions trillions and yes but I would say some of the fun parts of it right since we going here because we ain't gonna be shallow on this show we ain't gonna act like it doesn't happen amongst the saved right. um, you know you sleep better <laughs> <laughs> It's a good sleep. Um, uh, you know, I, I I could only say that those are the only, but see, those are topical benefits. Those are momentary and temporal benefits. I wouldn't say that there's any long-term benefit to sex outside of marriage, I, outside of covenant. I would not say that there's any long-term benefits. Why? Because you're constantly paranoid about when the next time your cycle is going to come. You want you that part. so many diseases out here. You're just like, God, I don't have an STD, STI, something more long-term. You're, you're, you're constantly worrying like, 
oh god i hope i didn't get pregnant a plan b becomes your plan a and that's not what it was intended for you know abortions are a real thing and now they're trying to overturn roe v wade and so these are very real situations that happen um and real concerns that we must be concerned about um genital health amongst Mm. yourself and having partners um and then you who who says that you're the only person that that person is is with sexually you don't know you can only go by their word and they can tell you no you're the only one i'm with but then you know the itchy and scratchy show starts to happen and now you're like well that's not me i shower every day i bathe myself and so you know there's so many things i would say there's not enough benefits to having sex before marriage that would make you want to do it but aside from the fact that we're just curious and we're so inundated with it in our culture and our society it's in the movies it's in it's on television it's in the shows it, it's it's on it's in the songs it's on the radio it's in books it's like we can't go anywhere without seeing it. it's in advertisement it's in marketing and so because it's always in front of us it's always something to trigger that interest and it's like oh let me see this oh I wonder what this is like and then you know pornography is free you know every yeah. it's, it's just so uh, as much as we want to be chased as much as we want to be celibate and abstain and be pure there's always that thing that pushes us to be concerned about not concerned but it, it's always that one thing that sparks our interest which is why we have to guard our ear gates and our eye gates if we intend to be if we intend to be kept for the person that's for us gosh absolutely listen we are winding down i wanted to say this listen people that are having sex are happier too i'm just saying that's what they say i ain't gonna front i ain't have so much of an attitude either (laughs) my attitude was a little more tolerable then but you know when you ain't maybe right like what what is it like it all goes back to my case that there are more reasons to not have sex before marriage than there are to have sex before marriage because i mean we can find other things to make you happy you you can jump up and down on a pogo stick and make yourself happy you can find a trampoline to make you happy um you know Sweet frog. That's makes not what happy. I was thinking, but we gonna take the trampoline. Yeah, I know, that. right? You know, it's like, and you know, I hear y'all because if I was listening to me spout all this stuff, I'll be saying the same thing. Like a trampoline ain't gonna give me the same thrill, right? That part. But that if we part. if we're trying to position ourselves as wives and waiting, we cannot be out here putting so many. You know, I'd like to think of myself as a car. You know, we have a good friend who's in the car automotive industry, and if you think yes. of yourself as a car. A lot of us, we like to test drive before we take off the lot, right? Cool. No problem. But the problem comes in when, well, actually, technically, holiness holiness speaking, that is a problem, too. But let's just be real for a second. The problem comes in when you're doing all this test driving and you're accumulating miles on the old right when i bought when you my car that i purchased was pre-owned but when i purchased my car it only had it it was shy of thirty thousand miles on it so it wasn't that many miles on it and we weren't that i wasn't i felt more confident in purchasing it versus if i would have went to the dealership and they told me this car got one hundred twenty thousand miles on it i don't care how good it look it don't feel like it's gonna ride well for a long time and if we're talking Mm. about men 
men, you got to make it make sense to them. Men, when they're buying cars and all my uncles that I consulted before buying a pre-owned car, they said as long as it has less than 60,000 miles on it pre-owned, it's a pre That says to me is that even men don't want too much you before they purchase you as my goodness listen we are at our time but I wanted to quickly we can talk all day about that area I was going to say something else but it's going to take us into another round so I'm going to jump in a little bit and talk for a quick two minutes because we are definitely at our approach time Um, finance the importance of finance being discussed in relationships, premarital relationships, engagement before we say yes to the ring or maybe I do. What is finance? It's a big area. It's a huge area and I'm going to try to keep it concise. Number one, no romance without finance, right? You want, you can't, love don't pay the bills and it damn sure don't, oh, I shouldn't have said damn right, but it definitely does not pay the rent. So we want to make sure that if we're not empl- if we're not gainfully employed, that we have legal modes of income coming into the home um, and coming into the relationship to cover things. Uh, secondarily, I will always say this, uh, ladies, it's okay to have high end taste. If, if, if let's just go back to the movie Soul Food with Bird and Lim and we know that Lim was an ex-con and he was trying to find a job and when she came home that day and she called him at home and he's like you know I went on six interviews you know six interviews and he's like I see you chopping you you walking around here in Chanel flip flops and, and you know Gucci this and Gucci that what was he saying to her he was saying I don't feel like I can afford to maintain you. And one thing I learned from older gentlemen, um, my pop, God rest his soul, he passed on. But pop taught me, he said, a man always will go after, he will pursue a woman based on his ability, what he perceives as his ability to... And so if we're presenting label this label that it's got to be gucci fendi louis down lube this whatever if a man does not feel like he can maintain that lifestyle for you rather you know he's gonna be like you can do bad all by yourself and he's gonna catch the next bus and one thing i read in michelle mckinney hammond she has a book called preparing for mr right and i would admonish anybody to read that book if you want if you're a wife and waiting but that book i read that in my like in 17 18 years old and she said in the book she said do not make it a habit of rehearsing how much money you spend you do not want a man to know how much money you spend on certain at on certain luxuries that you have in your life or you don't want him to see that you're shopping a lot because what it says to him is that she may not be a good steward of finances I can tell you right now, I am very close with a man who I know for a fact walked away from a relationship because she was not managing her finances properly. It had nothing to do with his attraction to her. It had nothing to do with how well, how good the sex was. It was all about she did not manage finances well. And he said, I have stewarded my money well, not only my money, but my credit. And we know that when you marry someone, you inherit their debt and their credit. Wow. And so late, I, I, that would be my final admonishment on the finance piece. Always have your own. My grandma told my mama and my mama told me have a stash as a woman um you know because it just always have a stash and 
have your own money, invest your money, diversify your funds, share, be very transparent when it's time when you feel comfortable and when the time is right with the in a relationship to disclose that information. Yeah. Um, have a financial plan, have backup plans, have a savings, but most importantly, um, make sure that you're stewarding your money well. Be a tither, be a tither, mm. a tither. Um, and just make sure that you are able to sustain the life that you've created for yourself and that there is some balance there. And also, I would, um, male and female, if you've been riding up high on the hog, understand, um, or not understand, but learn ways that you can be a little more frugal, a little more budget-friendly, because there's going to come a time that you may run into a high-level expense. And it's unforeseen, and it may make an alteration into your lifestyle. And so the getting the nails done every week and everything else may turn into you doing your nails at home yourself. Don't be so proud, prideful that you can't do that, that you don't know how to hook up your own hair at home. Like I, I like to go get my hair done, but there are some times where I have to skip a couple of weeks, you know, because other things need to be taken care of in the household. So just make sure that you're not only um, uh, stewarding well, but you're being frugal and you're being a budget uh, and your budget Nisa as well. Those, so those would be my uh, my things on the finance part. Well, listen, we have arrived our time, but this conversation has been so phenomenal. Um, Leah, thank you so very much for being on the Dear Future Husband Wife podcast. What is it that you got coming up? Because I feel like with the knowledge and the gems that you were dropping, I feel like people are definitely going to be like, how can I follow her? How can I connect with her? What you got going on? I definitely want to be a part of it. So anything you got coming on, what is your next engagement, preaching, speaking, you know, (laughs) what you got coming up? Well, coming up next down the pipe outside where I will be speaking, I'll be speaking as a part, I'll be a part of the Dear Future Husband Wife Mixer Tour, and we're starting out in Charlotte um, during July 22nd. And so I will love to meet you all in the Queen City of Charlotte, North Carolina. Join us there. Uh, the next couple, I don't know when I'm preaching again. That usually happens when people ask me. <laughs> um, but you can feel like you're going to be asked a lot in this season, just saying. Um, you can always catch me on Clubhouse. Uh, my name is Leonita Francis, like what's in the uh, the title. Uh, on Clubhouse, you can always find me on Instagram or Twitter at being Leah, B-E-I-N-G-L-E-A-H. I'm also on Facebook, so you can keep up with me there. My website, leonita.com. Uh, so how to spell my name is in the title of the show, .com on there. And I have a blog, and I also have a couple of Dear Future Husband and um so last during the pandemic the lord said as you're preparing for your husband you got to prepare for your boyfriend first and so i wrote a letter and it began a series a hypothetical series of letters between a future uh a man and a woman from dating until marriage and so i would love if you would just go on to the um to the blog check those articles out leave some comments share it with friends and simone this has been so rich thank you so much for the opportunity to share with the dear future husband wife platform Listen, it has been thoroughly enriching for me as well. So I hope y'all will enjoy uh, this segment as I have also um, enjoyed this segment. Thank you so very much, Leah. And we look forward to um, all the amazing things that's coming up for you. And looking forward to your status changing from wife and waiting to, hey, I'm now married. So I look forward to next having that conversation. What did it look like? 
compared to what it actually is. So we just want to say thank you again. If you have me back, I'll tell you the testimony then. Yes, you you sure will because we want to know. Absolutely. (laughs) All right, love. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Okay.